Hey guys, welcome back to YYGS Beyond, a podcast for YYGS alums and students interested in the program, where we talk to the alums about YYGS and how they are following their passions to make an impact on the world. We're your hosts. I'm Ivan Zhu from San Jose, California, and I attended ASE BBS Session 1 of YYGS Connect. And I'm Noah Tan, coming to you from Stevensville, Michigan, and I was in YYGS Connect PLE Session 1. If you're new, then welcome. And definitely check out our first two episodes, and we hope you enjoy our episode for today. And if you listened to our first two episodes, then we're glad to have you back. As usual, we'll be splitting this episode into two segments. The first, where we talk to guests about YYGS, what we loved, or didn't like so much. And the second segment, where we discuss our guests' passions and how they are making an impact on the world. Now let's get started. Welcome, Jaywan and Soliana. Why don't y'all get a quick intro? Hello. Hi, my Oh, yeah. I can go. Yeah, sure, sure. Hi, my name is Soliana Tashoma. I was in the biological and biomedical sciences um, session one. And yeah, I think that's all. Oh, yeah. Uh, and my name is Jaywan Chang. Um, I attended the ASC BBS se- session one as well. Oh, and I go to school in the Philippines. Um, yeah, and I'm currently a rising senior. I probably should have said that. I go to school in Minnesota, <laughs> and I'm also a rising senior. Awesome. Well, so first of all, thank you guys uh, so much for making time to be here today. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah. All right, so, haha, we're just going to start off with a fun fact, but not really. Jaywan and I <laughs> had the same opportunity across Yale lecture. Haha. <laughs> Want to talk a little bit more about what these OAYs were about? Oh, yeah. Yeah, just to confirm, it was the mindfulness session, right, that we had together? Yep. Yeah, um, yeah so in the mindfulness session, um, we, like, um, I really enjoyed the part where we had, like, where, 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 where we basically had to do meditation, but in a sense, the director didn't tell us that it was meditation, and so we were... Um, and so we were performing meditation without knowing about it. And yeah, I mean, honestly, I found that really interesting. I, I learned a lot in, in, in both that session. And I also had another opportunities at Yale um, lecture, which was on goal setting. And I learned a lot from there as well. Um, I learned the qualities of, 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 of what a good goal was. And I also was able to talk to under, undergrad and graduates from Yale that answered a lot of good questions, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I really like the mindfulness opportunity across Yale because that was really interactive. And like Jaywan said, we were meditating without knowing about it, right? So there was like, yeah. there wasn't that bias that, you know, that's associated with, oh, meditation, that thing, does that really work, right? But it was, yeah. I think that was probably my favorite opportunity across Yale. I also had another one um, about journalism, but I'm going to let Soliana talk first because this isn't about me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Your guys have sounded super interesting. I was in the opportunities across Yale for like, it was pretty much like an admission session. Like they like told us about the school, like a kind of like basic, like what opportunities you'd find around Yale, which was cool and kind of what actually sparked my interest in actually applying to the school because it's not something that crossed my mind beforehand. But I also had a time management and goal setting opportunities across Yale session. 
And I accidentally got there two minutes late and they didn't let me in for about 50 minutes. So I was kind of just sitting there. And so I only got like half the experience. But for the time I was there, (laughs) it was really cool. And like we heard from like current students at the school. So we got to learn about their like experiences with time management tips. And like people were able to ask any questions they wanted to. So I feel like that was informative. Yeah, it was also in the uh, undergraduate admission seminar. I also, I totally agree. Yeah. It was so, so cool to see how Yale, I know they said something about like Yale was and, and how they kind of combined and made it so that you could do both things, not just, you know, small town and big city, Yeah. Um, but you could, uh, you could do kind of both of those and, and, you know, research or, you know, a, a, a university. Um, and I thought it was really cool that you could kind of do both. Um, especially as someone that that's looking to double major, um, the way that they kind of space out the classes where they have like, they split it into thirds, you know, a third for distribution, a third for, you know, your major, and then a third for, you know, either a minor, another major, just something that you want to explore. I thought that was really cool that they give you the opportunity to do that. Yeah, like, I remember them saying, like, the first, I think, first week or two, it's, like, a shopping period where you, like, get, you can, like, see, like, test out different classes before you finalize your schedule, or the fact that even it's, like, they describe it to be more of a collaborative environment rather than competitive, because always I have that weird, like, stigma against, not against, but, like, with um, Ivy League schools that I just assume they're super competitive, and, like, people are, like, I don't know, like super prestige and like, like hard to approach. But the fact that they um, went into detail of how it's a collaborative um, environment kind of really drew me to the school. Yeah, no, like, honestly, just like Soliana said, I wasn't actually ever thinking about applying to any IVs until YYGS. And I just really love that community, right? Part of YYGS that focus on diversity and perspectives, it's, I feel, one of the most important parts and also the part I really enjoyed about it. What about you guys? Yeah. What other parts of YGS did you guys really like? Oh, um, well... Family time. Oh. <laughs> you can go ahead. Oh, oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah, so, so, so in my case, I mean, I feel like uh, another favorite part of YYGS was the lectures just because I was able to learn a lot from professionals of their respective fields, um... And so, like, this ranged from, like, astrophysics to, like, environmental, um, like, environmental science, in a sense. And I, I really enjoyed the one lecture where they introduced an environmental science program. But, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And I also enjoyed the astrophysics uh, lecture at the very, like, like, which was the very last lecture, I believe, just because um, I'm, I'm, more, I'm more of a physics person rather than, like, a bio and chemistry person, in a sense. Mm-hmm. That's interesting you said that because I was kind of surprised of, at the lectures. They were all super informative and super interesting. And I kind of liked, like you said, they taught from people like who actually work in these jobs and stuff like that. But I, for the title of the program being Biological and Biomedical Sciences, I'm more of a biology person than a physics person and stuff like that. So I was surprised I didn't see as much of like biology. Like I remember we had, there was a like baseline of medicine and biology with the um, professor of music who taught like nursing students about um, oh. about like the rhythms of the heart and different sounds of the body but I was kind of surprised to see there wasn't a little more of biology throughout the program. Yeah that's one part of YWGS and unfortunately this year we weren't able to actually go because of the pandemic mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. one of the things that came up was that 
BBS, which is Biology and Biomedical Sciences, got combined with ASE, Applied Science and Engineering, which is why, as both Soliana and Jaywan mentioned, there was that mixture of that Applied Sciences and Engineering with Biology, which is probably why there wasn't as oh. much biology or that much physics or engineering. But I think just- Why did I not realize that? <laughs> I did not realize they combined. <laughs> that makes so much more sense, but okay, keep going. <laughs> but I think um, <laughs> it, was, it was actually really interesting seeing where like physics and also just where art in general could mesh with STEM. And if you guys have heard, right, now, instead of just STEM, they're also adding an A in there, which turns it into STEAM, right? And that A is oh. art. And I'm just like, oh, oh, that's really interesting. And I think why would just gave us that opportunity to connect with people and to share and to just gain more perspectives into how we can incorporate the different mm-hmm. areas and for subjects. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. That was another part of the, um, like another part of the program I kind of liked was like family time and that emphasis on like, actually getting to know people outside of like because you didn't really have the chance during lectures to get to know people interact but the fact that you were able to meet people from all over the world like Ivan was in my um, program he was in my family time and so I got to get to know people from not only all over the U.S. but like all over the world which was super cool definitely yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah I mean yeah I feel like I feel like another thing that I liked um uh like to 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 expand on that point about um interacting with people i feel like was what was 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 a simulation just because um i was able to get get really close with with my three other members in in my simulation group and um mm-hmm. like i really enjoyed the fact that everyone in my group i mean including myself um was 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 also devoted towards like toward towards our idea and so i believe our final product was definitely um something we could all be proud of mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I think it's a, yeah, the simulation part was actually something like super unique that I like never kind of, it was such a cool idea to bring people from different sessions together into one group to solve a common like issue, like a common global issue. And like the fact that we all approached it in different ways but came up with one idea. I just feel like that process is really cool to think about. Definitely, yeah. You know, now that we're talking about simulations. I kind of want to know, or and I think the listeners also want to know. What were your guys' <laughs> projects? <laughs> oh, um, oh, so, 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 so for my project, my group's project was focused around providing remote educational supplements for 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 students in times of COVID because we we realized that in our in our local regions, um, there are many um, there are many schools obviously that are, um that have gone virtual, but in the case of international schools or, 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 um, or wealthier schools, rather, um, this, this is definitely a possible method just because everyone has access, has basic access to, to the internet and probably the computer. And so, um, and, and so, and so we wanted to know, um, what would happen in the case of, of underfunded local, local public schools. And so in like in the Philippines, for example, where, where, where I go to school, um, underfunded local public schools tend to, are, are, are normally um, are, nor- are normally not able to provide um, virtual virtual lessons and so I believe all they have are, are, are simply just assignments given to them 
which they have to perform um, in, in, in their homes. And so, and so in order to combat this issue, what my group did was we created a handbook that consisted of English, English, math and science lessons that, that like, that could be conducted at home. And so we wanted to share this virtual handbook to schools, which could then be distributed to the students. And so the students are able to, um, the students are, 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 in it, are, are able to survive like second grade, for example, in a sense, like with, with, with just the help of our handbook. And, and, and even though our idea was big at first, um, yeah, I believe like, like after, after, after deep planning, um, and deep thinking, we were able to narrow it down to, 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 to just like a handful of concepts, which included like addition, subtraction, multiplication, multiplication, division, um, for math and for science and for science, we, we, we geared it towards, um, simply like experiments that you could conduct at home with just everyday activities. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, overall though, like it was definitely the, it, it, yeah, it was definitely a highlight for me in, in YYGS. That's super funny you said that because my group almost was pretty much tackling almost the same exact idea actually. Oh, uh-huh. um, and like with education and how not everyone has equal access to it because of COVID. And so we, we kind of based our whole, um, project around this, this the statistic that 5.24 billion people have access to mobile phones and based off of that it wasn't exactly um like yours but ours was the fact that since even if they don't have a um like a, like actual like um smartphone all you need is a mobile phone and so we would launch a program like in theory, we were a nonprofit and we would help the government's hire educators to create like um, booklets, booklets slash like classes that could be taught over the phone. And the government would be working to have um, some type of like cellular plan where like they would have just enough minutes for like a class. Uh. And so that it could be taught over like a mobile phone. And so they could listen to the class. Okay because not all students have the best time like learning on their own. So they'd be able to actually hear from the teachers through just like a phone. So this would work for a lot of regions all over the world, even if you don't have access to internet, a smartphone even. And they would distribute that along with a booklet that helps guide that, the information that you're learning over the phone. So it's like the like that was the best way we could probably allow the kids to be able to get an education because this was kind of like a last resort for people who don't have smartphones, who don't have computers, that don't have internet, but have a mobile phone that they're able to get this plan and allow them to actually learn from home. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So kind of similar concept to yours. Yeah, sounds cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so in a sense, I'm guessing it seems, it seems like, um, they have like they, they have some sort of like a manual beside them like like along with the re- yeah. along with the recording yeah like work they would do and so the school or like the government because certain countries may be strict about what education they provide to their students so we would give them a, like the nonprofit work work with educators in the government and give them a general general like booklet for like learning mm-hmm. and pe- the government could tweak it from there if they wanted to because I know there's certain governments that are picky about what they teach their students. So it's kind of, they could take it from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now as we wrap up this portion, um, I guess a lot of prospective, um, a lot of prospective students 
at for YYGS are wondering what some advice uh, you guys have gone through, obviously have gone through the application process and have been quite successful at it. What's some advice that you would give for students who are interested in or are applying to YYGS? Um, well, um, I think advice for how to get admitted to YYGS to begin with would be, um, would, be to, would be to be yourself in the application. And so I know it sounds cliche, but um, YYGS, <laughs> like, YYGS accepts a, a wide range of people with varying personalities. And so chances are, if you're if you be yourself in your application, no one else can be the same as you. And so you'll probably have the highest chances of being admitted. And in general, um, YYGS was a really fun experience. And so I hope the people applying to YYGS are able to visit the actual campus because I feel like that's one portion that we lost from the YYGS Connect session. And yeah, so, I mean, I'd say uh, if you're interested in applying to YYGS, then definitely give it a shot because it was it was really enjoyable, a lot more enjoyable than I than than I expected, definitely. Yeah, I would agree, especially in the writing portion. I think they value individuality and just like diversity in people. I think they truly value that, and you could see that with all the types of people that were in the program for all types of backgrounds. I think truly, just like like if don't be afraid to get personal, like just truly show who you are and how your experiences got you to that point and what you could bring to that program. And I think that's like super important with like most applications of just truly conveying who you are and what you could bring to the program. But in terms of like why you should choose the program, I think it's like, if you're someone who like values academics and like a learning experience, but also values like experiences outside of like academics and like meeting new people and like learning about so many new topics, I think it's like such a perfect program because they were so good at balancing of the main subject of the program you're learning, but also different opportunities and different um, mini like lectures and things outside of that that allowed us to like almost have like a very well-rounded experience. What do you say to these students who are concerned about such a program with an application that is kind of modeled off of the actual Yale undergraduate application? What do you say to those who are concerned about, you know, not just will they be unique enough or, but also um, in terms of transcripts, what do you say to those people who are concerned that um, that, that plays uh, of that role that that plays in the application. Well, I mean, like personally, like I'd say this to, to, to anyone applying to college as well, but um, in the end, you never know. And so you, you, you'll, you'll like in theory, you'll never, you'll never know until you actually apply. And in a sense, um, for me personally, having written applications for YYGS near the end of last year, I believe that, I, I believe that was, um, that actually helped a lot in, in starting my app in start in starting my college applications during the summer, just because, um, the questions were so similar. And so I, uh, and so, and so being introduced to, to, to what the question types were so early on, um, actually, yeah, actually sped up the process for college applications. And so, and so in a sense, um, for, for anyone who's concerned, I just like to say that in the end, it's a process that everyone's going to have to go through and that you'll, you'll, you'll have to face those questions anyways, later on when you apply, when you when you write your college applications. So I don't think it hurts to start earlier. Um, like to, to at least just like take a look at the questions and get your brain thinking about possible possible ways to answer the question, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think like you have nothing to lose. Like if you're like, oh, Gale sounds too prestigious. Like like you literally have nothing to lose. Just like go for it, try it out, and like 
completely just um, try to show who you are and show not only like what experience you would gain from them, but what you would bring for Yale and what you would bring to like that school. Cause I think that's also important. And I just, I remember hearing something um, from a lot of like admission like sessions. And I remember them saying it's, even if you do get rejected, like don't feel bad about that because the schools, people who are like best fit, not only like academically are the top of the top, but that would fit that environment. And if they don't feel that you won't fit in there, then I think it's almost like for the better, like when you're applying to different schools and you eventually get accepted to one, you should know that like they picked you because they feel like you would work in that environment. You would um, like thrive and be able to have a good experience at that college and at that university. So I think that's something to keep in mind, even if you end up being rejected and stuff like that to not think it's the end of the world. <laughs> awesome. That's all great advice from, from YYGS alumni. So um, we're going to take a short break. Um, and when we after the break, we're going to talk about impact projects and what our guests have done as, as far as like social work in the world. So don't go anywhere and we'll be back in a bit. Alright guys, welcome back to YYGS Beyond. So, Ivan, uh, what have you been up to lately? Uh, nothing much, just chilling before school starts. Oh, and working on college apps, because those exist. Oh yeah, just <laughs> yesterday, I had a meeting with one of the staff at my local library to figure out how we're going to start up the math tutoring program again, because that got cancelled due to the, the pandemic. Yeah, I heard about that. How's that going? Well, I mean, one issue that came up was just how we we're going to structure the tutoring over digital meeting platforms such as Zoom, and also just how we we're going to help out our students with their homework. But another thing was just how would we be able to reach out to more kids in our area? Because believe it or not, even the Silicon Valley, there are still <laughs> a lot of kids in my community who don't have access to the resources related to STEM subjects that are like so important, I feel, in this day and age, right? 
Fortunately, uh, there are many places such as local libraries, community centers, where students with the resources can help to provide these STEM opportunities. Before we go on, let's welcome back our guests, Jaywan and Soliana, who are helping bring STEM to their communities. Hello. Hello. <laughs> welcome back. So guys, uh, why don't you guys talk a little bit about what you're doing in your respective communities? Oh, I can yeah. Go. yeah go on. So um, with my um, district, which is the Hopkins district in Minnesota, I work with the school district to um, st start classes. So the district started this program this summer because of distance learning to work with high school students so we can start classes for the community to be able to take out low prices. It's like free to $20 you can choose. So it's super accessible for all people. And you create a class that you think might be interesting and you put in an application. And I've always been interested in STEM and that's something I've always been interested in. And I love working with girls and empowering girls because I'm um, the VP of a club at my school that's called Girls United and we love working with younger girls as well. So through this class, which is um, titled STEM Exploration for Young Girls, I just teach once a week a group of girls about um, STEM and just um, maybe career choices they would want to take in it, um, empowering women that are like, um, that have like led the way of STEM, because I feel like oftentimes in schools that's not taught too often, and like it's kind of gl like glazed over, and like we usually hear the like, typical like sally ride first woman who went to um who left the um, first american woman to leave the atmosphere and things like that but i wanted to go a little more in depth and like encourage these young girls to be able to find interest in the stem field oh wow cool i mean it, it, yeah i mean it sounds really interesting and it sounds really good that you're um focusing both on gender gender inequality in a sense and also education i mean it sounds really cool um, yeah, so, so in my case, um, so I founded a mathematics club called Math Minds in my freshman year, um, along, along with three other friends, and this is an out-of-school math club. Recently, we merged with um, Earth, Earth Savers, which, which was formerly voted as a top one UNESCO club in the Philippines, and so we now provide both math and science lessons to students at a local elementary school along with sub-projects, which include uh, renovation projects, notebook designing projects, and an upcycling environmental project. And in a sense, yeah, so, so what we do is we make service trips every three weeks, and we make club members sign up for participation in the, in the service trip. And in order to participate, you have to, um, you, you have to plan a portion of your lesson that you will prepare, that, that, that you prepare for the students at, at the local elementary school. And so um, in a sense... We, we, we try and gear the lessons towards um, being more activity-based rather than just um, traditional pen and paper, just because like the students are already getting enough of that um, on, their, on their weekdays. And so we conduct service trips on, on, on Saturday mornings. We, we, we normally arrive there around, around 9 a.m. And, we, and, we, and, and after conducting all the activities related to math and science, we often provide lunch to them. And then we just uh, take a photo and we just leave. In a sense, and so, and so, in a sense, um, I feel like, yeah, I feel like, I feel like the experience was really enjoyable, just because um, it it was really new interacting interacting with um, local students in the Philippines, just because we wouldn't have gotten the chance to do so otherwise, uh, like uh, aside from like service trips that our school might provide. But yeah, in a sense, like it, yeah, it felt really cool, and yeah, 
it was just yeah it, it was just a really great experience i feel like and it, and it currently is as well wow i mean since both of you guys talked a little bit about planning classes do you guys want to go a little bit more into that because i know some of our listeners might be interested in getting involved in their communities right planning classes so did you guys want to go through the processes yeah sure um so my classes we have a mentor that kind of just checks in with us every once in a while to make sure we're on track to like um, be ready for a class each week. But for us, at least, the planning is pretty much all on our own. I just try to devote a few hours, like a, f- um, like a, a few days before to plan out my classes. But before I started, I have an outline for all the weeks of my class because it's going to, I think, it last six weeks. And so I've only been through one week so far. And I've been planning for a while. So I just sit down and plan the classes and make sure it's interactive because I teach fourth through seventh grades, seventh grader girls. And I don't think they just want to sit and listen to a high schooler talk to them like that. So I try to make it as interactive as possible and try to like connect it to their everyday lives. Because if not, you kind of lose the um, interest of the younger kids and just trying to find ways to connect with them, whether it's, it's showing girls their age in videos and like um, trying to connect to topics that are relevant to them in their lives and trying to just spark that interest in STEM for them. Because mm-hmm. listening to all these projects, I'm thinking, so what's this, like, would you guys like to give an example of a project or examples of how you guys oh, yeah. interact with your students to make things a lot more interactive? Because right, it's, it's a lot easier to say it right? We want to make this class interactive, yeah. but I, I'm also really, I think a lot of us are interested in what types of activities are oh. occurring or happening. Oh, yeah. So for mine, I kind of started with a little about me. Like, I wanted to make sure they knew me because so they felt comfortable and, like, felt like it was, like, a uh, welcoming environment. But then I went in with, like, questions of, first general questions of just, like, what school they went to, what age they are, so they kind of get to know one another. But then went into questions like, what are their favorite hobbies? Um, Like, just, like, things they like to do in their spare time. And through that, I was able to connect with them. Like, for example, one of the girls um, said she likes to read graphic novels. She's, like, 10 years old. And I kind of connected. I was like, oh, those were, like, my favorite things to read in middle school. And I kind of told her about a books like a series of books that I enjoyed and she, like she actually knew the series of books and so we kind of connected in that way so trying to get down to their level and just like like humble yourself almost but like just I think it's so important to know your audience and understand where they're coming from and if you know that it's like the easiest way to connect with them yeah definitely I mean I feel like I feel like in my case however um like with my math club what we did before was we our activities were were very interactive and like as in like a few examples would be um like i remember i remember one time we were um we were sponsored for about like about like 20 20 compasses and so and so what we did was we spent we spent we spent like an hour or two like teaching the students how to draw circles using a compass and so that was um and so and yeah and so and so and so that was really interactive like another time what we did was in order to teach them 3d um shapes like 3d and 2d uh shapes what we did was we um we printed out handout uh, we, we we printed out cutouts and we and 
and we folded it in, into the actual 3D shapes. And so doing that actually um, felt really interactive just because the students were so accustomed to 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 just like listening to to, to, to teachers lecture and just like and, and just scribbling notes on their um on their notebook. And so um in provide like in in providing handouts and interactive tools, I guess, like for the students, that actually got their attention really well. And so um yeah, so I feel like that would definitely be an interactive activity to conduct. Um but yeah, like in a sense though, I feel like I feel like like the possibilities are endless. I feel like it like just as our imagination is endless, anyone can think of interactive activities. Yeah. And yeah, just comes from your creativity, yeah. I feel like. Sure, learning by doing. Yeah. Yeah. So to that point, I think it's also another situation is like having online classes because during the pandemic, my class is actually online and I'm not able to see them in person. So it's important to try to balance that in a way that you're able to be as interactive, but while it's online and my classes are through zoom so something i plan to do next week is use this website called she can stem that has various women in stem and their stories and their upbringings of how they got there and so i'm going to have various guiding questions and allow the girls to just explore the website however they want and maybe like something will spark their interest so i'm just trying to find like different ways that will allow me to interact with them but also let them have hands-on experience from home because that's a big barrier during this time of COVID. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So uh, I guess next question would be, you know, what are challenges, uh, the challenges in your specific communities that, you know, might restrict opportunities for the people you guys are reaching out to, you know, can be, um, you know, social uh, economic, political, you know, hard issues, um, uh, that, that people face? Oh, I feel like, I feel like in, in my case in the Philippines, like the, like the hardest challenge lies in, um, lies in safety. I feel like just because many regions are deemed dangerous, like to, to, to travel to. And so in a sense, um, like when we're visiting these local elementary schools, they're normally, um, clustered near um neighborhoods that are deemed to be dangerous and so in that sense i feel like the greatest struggle lies in safety this might not be the case in other regions i feel like um anyone like anyone living in the philippines perhaps who's who's listening to this um might want to start a service club uh, uh, who, who might want to start start a service club might be concerned with this but in my opinion i i believe providing local students basic access to education is more important than than uh, despite this risk. And so, and, and, and I feel like this is why I continue, um, my work with my service club. That's super interesting. Yeah. Like kind of like that. I, for us, it's not, it may not, it's not that extreme, but I think it's access to, in terms of like money and like not having the resources to be able to get these like specialized type of classes and to be introduced to these type of topics but also just in general how girls aren't a big part of the stem field i think i saw the stat that said women make up 28 percent of the stem field workforce and i want to even though it might be just a few girls i want to help that like number go up and hopefully this generation sees a rise of women in stem because i think it's super important that they feel um like welcome in those fields and don't feel like it's too um difficult to go into because they're just as capable for it and so i think it was nice that the um 
the like teacher, like the school board was able to provide this program at a little to no cost. So not only girls, but people who may not have um, enough money can have access to these courses. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's a big barrier for so many people. Wow, I mean, yeah, sounds, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it sounds, yeah, it sounds like, um, it sounds like different regions of the world would have different, um, different barriers. And so, and so I don't think, yeah, yeah like, I don't think, I don't think safety, like safety might be the primary concern, like in, yeah, yeah. In, in, in other regions. So I think it's like a person to person basis, just, a, um, I think you just have to look into what factors might make it hard for you to make these opportunities available for people, but also balancing the pros and the cons. Yeah, definitely. Because usually, um, it's usually worth it to be able to help people that may not have access to STEM education in school, mm -hmm. whether it's money, safety, resources. So I know some of our students are, or some of our listeners are actually probably wondering this, but what are ways that students can contribute to the missions of your guys' respective organizations? And how can listeners help students in their own communities? I think um, a big thing in your community is talk to your, like, district or school board or city and see ways that maybe identify um, problems or conflicts in your community and talk to the district or school board and see how are ways you can address those things, whether it's racial inequality, um, gender inequality, so many different topics there's often ways you can work with the community to access those problems and like help um solve those kind of conflicts in your community but personally for my specific program it's so specific to uh, my district that it's hard to get involved with but i think the best way you could do is um if this is something you're interested in, like teaching a class about STEM to girls, just honestly talk to your school district and find friends that are interested as well and see um, if that's something you could actually get started up. Oh wow, cool! Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. Um, I feel like, I feel like, um, having uh, having started clubs and projects, I feel like one key point of advice that uh, I'd like to share is the importance of having a solid plan because everything starts with a plan. And so I suggest that students that are interested in helping their community begin by understanding what exactly they plan to do. And so um, in a sense, this doesn't have to be restricted to um, what I did or what um, Soliana did like per se. And so um, it could, it could be something completely new. Um, so whether it is like actually teaching or, or simply like visiting a local school on a weekly basis to perform music, for example, um, having a plan, yeah, I feel like is really important. I think another key aspect when starting a service club um, is to gather a solid council of members. And so it's really overwhelming at first when trying to start um, when, when trying to start a new service club, in a sense, just because um, you have to contact the school, you have to find a way to advertise your project, you, you have to write up a proposal for the school, um, and you have to... Um, yeah, and you have to like gather volunteers, I guess, for some for some service projects possibly, and so, like, um, and thus having a member or two that you can rely on will definitely speed up the process, and just yeah, and it just makes the pro the the process a lot less stressful than it would be if you were on your own. And that being said, um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's also really important that you select who to work with based on um based on their work ethic and their and their and their interest in actually um yeah and their interest in the club rather than um your your friendship or, or relationship with them um just because you'll have to travel 
a new journey with them. And it's always best if they're able to pull their weight while you pull yours in a sense. And so, so yeah. That's really, yeah. I think those are really good points. I think it's so important to identify your mission and like what, like your purpose, because I feel like that will continue to drive you to success through it all. Because if you, even when you feel like you're getting like lost or like sidetracked, that you go back to that mission statement or you go back to like, why did you, why did you start this? Why do you want to do this? We'll lead you back onto the right path and help you um, conduct whether, whether, whatever class or service you'll be doing. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it definitely relates to this quote that I, I heard. It's like a, a proverb or something of that vision without action is a dream and action without vision is a nightmare. Um, Mm. And that kind of touches on the fact that yes, you can have that, you know, vision and you can have that desire to, to want to do something and go out and help. But, you know, to actually have that materialize, you have to have a plan. You have to have something going forward. Um, yeah. So that, that, that's definitely true. All right. And well, that wraps up for our episode today. Thank you again to Jaywon Chang and Solyan Tejong. Thank you. Thank so you much. for yeah. Thank you for inviting us. Um, it was, it w- yeah. I mean, it was uh, very enjoyable just because we rarely get the opportunity to to to, to talk about our works, I guess. Um, in like in um in front mm-hmm. of others, and so yeah. I mean, this was definitely a really fun experience. Yeah, I think the fact that you guys are exemplifying like student voice in this, because we got to learn f- here and learn from so many cool adults during the program, but also now it, like through this exemplifying like student voices and their stories and what they're doing beyond YYGS is really cool. Yeah. Well, it's really great to have you guys. Um, for our listeners, um, if you want to find out any more information, contact uh, solely.tesh at solely.tesh. That is at S-O-L-I dot T-E-S-H on Instagram. If you have any questions for Soliana and Mind Movers, that's M-I-N-D-M-O-V-E-R-S on Facebook for more information on Jaywan's work. You can learn more about what we discussed today at our Instagram at YYGS underscore beyond. And remember to like and subscribe to this podcast from wherever you are listening. If you guys have any questions for us or want to be featured on the podcast, just message us on Instagram or email us at yygsbeyond at gmail.com. Next time, we'll talk to YYGS Connect alum Vince Vento and YYGS alumni Adil Ahmed Alvi. You heard right, an alumni of YYGS 2019 who is working on different aspects of law and policy, so stay tuned. Thank you to Melissa Dwelly for helping us with getting the podcast off the ground, and thanks to Yale and Global Scholars for yet letting us use their name. Most importantly, thank you to you guys, the listeners. Cover art and podcast editing is done by me, Ivan Zhu. Music is composed by our co-host, Noah Tan. So check him out on Instagram and SoundCloud at Noah H. Tan. That is at N-O-A-H-H-T-A-N. Please remember that all views expressed on this podcast are those of our own and do not reflect the views of Huawei GS and Yale University. Until next time, see ya! See ya.